Hi, Kako, everyone. Welcome to episode 33 of the Moana Nui podcast. I am Moana, your host. Now, tonight, I am honored to be joined again by a good friend of mine. He actually came on the podcast for season two. So definitely when the, when the Kickstarter comes out, you want to support because you are going to want to hear his episode. Jason Chu, he is an amazing musical talent. Um, if you are not familiar with his music, you definitely need to check him out. Jason Chu Music on all platforms. So I'm going to bring him on now. Hey, hey, What's up, hey, Jason? Aloha. Aloha, <laughs> Moana. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I had a great uh, little phone call before this with some good news. So I'm excited. I'm excited to be here because we got a very special guest. Yeah, I know coming coming up today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, um, so tonight we are actually talking with Dana. Now you guys are usually seeing her in my co-host spot, um, but tonight we get to learn about her. I'm really excited to have her and to be able to talk, you know, more about the things that I'm. I might know some of the things, but like Jason and I, you know, we're we're really good friends with Dana and um, there's still many things that we don't know, right? So mm -hmm. um, let me tell you a little bit about her and then we will bring her on. So Dana Morgan is an executive assistant and an event planner by day and a con cosplay photographer by night. Her passion for photography is uncharted and she uses that passion to drive the art of cosplay past the limits. Uh, providing her subjects with eye-catching photos that embody the characters and complements their creativity. Dana has taken pictures for corporate events, orchestras, weddings, and more for over 18 years. In 2016, she started as a con photographer for local conventions in the Atlanta area. You can find her capturing moments at Momocon, Anime Weekend, Japan Fest, BlurredCon, and so much more. After successfully making her mark in the con world, Data created her own company, Danica Events, uh, providing personalized photos to the cosplay and con communities with her special branded touch. Dana's natural eye for photography, her love of anime, comics, games, and movies put her at ease in this con world. And because of her impressive dossier and her magnetic personality, Dana was, Dana was sought after to team with Cosplay Your Way to help develop and enhance the photos of POC Cosplayer in Atlanta through Cosplay Noir and the 28 Days of Black Cosplay effort. Her photos have been seen in DC Comics and so much more. And in 2019, her friends and family gave her a new goal to become a cosplayer. And of course, as our viewers know, she also added another quiver to her, to her ar another arrow to her quiver. I'm sorry, get that right. Um, <laughs> and um, she became the co-host of this podcast, the Morning Movie Podcast, which we love having her on. And she's also going to become a voice actor on the upcoming Jaden and Jasmine series. Congratulations! So let's bring Sis Dana on. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Welcome, Dana. Yay. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Look at her. She looks so amazing. So let's just jump off. Tell us who you're cosplaying tonight for folks who might not know. I am cosplaying as Yoruichi from the series Bleach in her 
uh, hot springs look. So this, I am working this out in my kimono and everything. So <laughs> it's beautiful. It. Yeah. What made you choose that one? Well, um, still being new to cosplay, I don't have a whole lot of cosplay, but this was one that I wanted to introduce and um, I hadn't really had a chance to debut it quite yet. So I was like, it's time to debut it. So here it is. <laughs> That's so this right. is a world Special premiere. Exclusive. Boop, boop, boop. That's yes. Right. <laughs> yes, it has not been seen on social media or anything yet. So yes, everybody has seen it for the first time on here before they'll actually see pictures of me in it. Very That's exclusive. Want yes, yes. <laughs> a new exclusive? We love it. We've had quite a few exclusives on this show, so y'all should feel. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so as you know, you know how we like to jump this off. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, and how your love for, I guess, photography began. Well, um, I was born and raised in Hawaii. Um, my dad was stationed there. And of course, after meeting my mom and everything, here I came. And so, um, with that, um, because of my dad also being in the military and also my mom wanted to make sure I had a well-rounded mindset um, as I became an adult, she made sure I got exposed and introduced to a lot of things. So I spent some time in Germany. I spent some time in a couple different places before um, I ended up deciding to apply for high school. Um, at uh, A.R. Johnson Medical um, Health Science and Engineering High School in Augusta, Georgia. So we ended up making our way there. I went to high school there. So, uh, and coming here to the continent. And then from there, um, joined, decided uh, to also go to college um, in Illinois. And um, after a little time of that, I joined the um, U.S. Army, spent a few years with the Army before I got um, eventually brought me to Georgia again. And um, after I got out, I came to Atlanta and been here since. <laughs> I love it. I love how many experiences you bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? Because I've, I've interacted with you, I guess, through a couple of of your passions, whether that's yeah. nerd culture, whether that's, you know, uh, justice and, and equality, mm -hmm. uh, or whether that's even even your corporate work. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to hear because, you know, obviously, I only know even a piece of what you just shared. So it's great to hear that. How do you, um, in all these different venues, you know, what do you think that that lifestyle of growing up, seeing the world, growing accustomed to different places, do you think that still shapes the way you approach all these different passions of yours? Uh, and if so, like, what are some of the ways that that, that, that affects how you move through your passions? Uh, definitely so. Uh, kind of touched back on one of the questions Moana said when she asked me about photography. I end up be dabbing into photography because my grandfather. Uh, he, <laughs> I, I call it the typical, he had that typical Asian look 
of having at least three or four cameras deep on him. <laughs> and uh, one of the things he did was go ahead and grace me with uh, my very first camera. And um, his only instruction was to me when I got my camera, he didn't show me how to use it or anything. He just said, capture the moments. He says, because capturing the moments become memories for those that are there and then become experiences for those that aren't there. And that's how I kind of just went with photography. And because of growing up with in these different places and getting exposed to these different things, and even my parents were open-minded on making sure I was well-rounded, that the friends I made, it, they were a different religion or went to a different uh, type of church than I did. They encouraged me, it's like, yeah, go to church with them. So I have friends that are, you know, Catholic, that are Jehovah Witness, that are, you know, Buddhist, everything else. And I went to church with them growing up to see what it's like. That way I could understand the commonality of all these religions and what the differences that end up becoming because of man themselves. Uh, and then on top of that, I end up, as my sister calls it, I have the UN of friends. I literally have friends from, it seems like almost every nationality and culture and everything. It was just something I just naturally just have with different people. And because of that, in both my regular job as an executive assistant, being an event planner or a photographer, those aspects really shaped how I can give an experience because like in my daytime job as executive assistant, I work with people around the world. And because I was exposed to so many things and my parents encouraging me to understand other cultures and people and um, understanding not only where they're from, but them as a person and also the privileges we each have in our own rights that allowed me to be able to understand and be able to be supportive and give that proper support to each person, whether they're in Singapore, whether they're in Argentina. And I make sure they have that positive experience while working with me. And then also the event planning, it helped me also when I get my creativity going um, in that aspect and also in photography, I tap into some of those things that I know and to really make it, I guess you could say as globally acknowledged as possible because a lot of events, uh, I call it, people try to cookie cut things or mm -hmm. use the same old thing. Well, of course, not only as con goers and people attending events, uh, on a corporate side or on the nerd and geek side, you can only hear certain things or see certain things so much and you're, you're gonna get tired of it. That's why there's so many different conventions out there, so many different things. And you have to keep yourself a step ahead of what you were doing before to keep that interaction. So even in my corporate world, I always think of like, okay, listening to the people, listening to the people I interact with, and it's like, okay, 
what would be something that I know is something we're lacking that we can provide? So whether it's for Dragon Con Diversity Inclusion Track, okay, we need more topics based on the current climate to really hit home to diversity and the AAPI community because that's not being really tapped into within the the fan geek culture. We have all these diversity panels, but nothing tapping into the world that a lot of this culture comes from. So we need to have that. And then also talking about how, you know, AAPIs are being affected here in the United States and how not only AAPIs, but African-Americans in other cultures history has been so distorted that most people misunderstand and misinterpret our culture, our beings and everything. And that's why a lot of this stuff is going on in this world today. So I want to kind of, I've always tried to be like that bridge <laughs> because mm -hmm. by bringing that knowledge and everything else, and then my experiences that I also gained from the people I've become friends with, I've crossed paths with, that allows me to continue to grow and to shape myself into, a, you know, I, I tell everybody, and I even know for myself, each time you, you try to strive to become a better person than you were yesterday. And so by me continuing to educate myself, not only on AAPI um, history, and incidents but also within other things in the uh, world but also in the geek community and things like that that allows me to continue to uh, be a better person than I was five years ago or a better person than I was ten years ago. I love it and I think you know as, as you share that what's been going through my mind is how there's really kind of two sides of the coin right with I think like geek culture let's say that right as I definitely grew up watching anime watching science mm -hmm. fiction and I think it's so interesting how uh, people can take the ideas from there and they can use it to become very insular, right? And and we definitely have seen that with a lot of the backlash against, yeah. you know, certain people who want to diversify, certain people who want to bring different voices to the table, mm -hmm. as though it's an existential threat. The flip yeah. side of that, though, is you can also take that same culture and become very embracing of others with it, right? Yeah. And, and I love that you have taken your experiences and that that's giving you an outlook on the culture that puts you on the side of, of folks who wanna broaden up and yeah. open up. Um, so thank you for sharing. Uh, Moana, what's your, where, where your head at right now? Well, I was just gonna say that, like, I love that you brought that up too, because, um, you know, like being open and, and uplifting the voices of different cultures is, it's something that both Dana and I like have a passion for. Um, and so it was just so natural for us to, you know, work on this podcast together, um, you know, a, probably a couple months ago, like earlier in, um, you know, during the pandemic, like she and I had talked with, um, another one of our friends, Tara, our other cousin, um, yes. <laughs> about like how to collaborate. And so when this came up and, you know, Dana started talking to me and I was like, you know what, do you want to be my co-host? Because like, this is like something that we it would just be so much better for us to do it together, right? Yeah. Um, and just having that unity. So that was another way, you know, she talked about being the bridge. Um, and that's also how I try to operate as well is, you know, being the connector for people, trying to listen, you know, listen to what they're saying, what their struggles might be, 
and who else can we connect them to, you know, in the space so that we can all rise together. Now, you do have a love for helping others. That's that's truly like, like anybody who meets you will know that like <laughs> you are about helping people. Um, because I, I feel that way too. Um, <laughs> but how do you balance your time and like between your own passions and those who are seeking out your expertise? Uh <laughs> That tends to be an ongoing thing. And it's something over the last few years I've had to do um, better about for myself because uh, I know a lot of my friends tease me. They were like, uh, they think I'm a vampire and I don't sleep because of all yes. the stuff that I do. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but no, I'm not a vampire. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's one of those um definitely earlier in the year it was one of those as if anyone needed to help in like you know they needed you know a place to stay anything like that i you know will bend over backwards but as i gotten especially as i got into my adult years i realized one you you can easily get yourself misused and abused and then the second part is you burn yourself out so much that you your body will crash uh if you don't exhaust yourself mentally you your body will do it for you and <laughs> and it's one of those that i had to learn to say okay you know you're taught to you know be there and that part of nature that you're supposed to be there for your fellow man but at the same time um, as the saying goes, you can't fill someone else's cup if yours is empty. And I had to learn to make sure I do better about that. So I started setting limits like, okay, you know, people know, okay, if you try to call me after 10 on a weekday, I'm probably not going to pick up. I'll see your call. I will look at the phone. It's like, no, this is my time. I need to work on this for me or read a book or do this for me because I have to unwind because I noticed I would know and some of my friends would know that my mind will keep going if I don't allow myself to slow down at night and I will have times that I will wake up in the middle of the night I've done this before with Marcus Williams he is a uh artist and comic artist <laughs> I literally was like okay I this came to me and this is a concept, and I think this would be really cool. <laughs> and it was like three o'clock in the morning. I woke straight up from it, and it's like I gotta slow my mind down and stop that, so I can actually sleep and allow my body and my mind to reset itself. Because by allowing that, you your creativity becomes at another level. Because if you're so burnt out, your creativity is not going to get to that. <laughs> Serious. Uh, it's not going to get to that level that you are striving for, whether you are a musical artist or just someone that is an event planner. You're not going to get that what you're striving for. You will know deep down what you want. But it's like, why is this not coming? Because you're not giving yourself those breaks. You're not giving yourself that time to reset. And I've had to learn to do that and also set my limits to saying, OK, I got this, this, and this going on. What is your time frame of when you need this done? Because right now, these are the things I got to get done all right now. 
And if you, if this is something that don't need to be handled for another couple months, I'll come back to you. But right now, these are the things I already committed myself to. And that was just something I had to do better about, uh, whether it was photography, whether it's something for friends or family, whether it's for work, it's one of those. And I know my boss that I have now, she is really as the person who helped instill this to me because she was like, look, she tells my team and everybody else, after this particular time, don't call Dana, don't message Dana. You can send her email. She'll see it tomorrow. Don't even bother about reading your, you, the only way you can call her after hours is if the building is burning down and Dana's the only one that have the number to 911. <laughs> that is the only way you need to be calling her after hours because uh, it's not that important that you need to be contacting her at 10 o'clock at night or something else. And she said, if it's because of the lack of your planning and you're trying to have Dana to pick up the pieces, that's on you. Dana will help where she can, but don't put that burden onto her. And because of how she did it, that helped me to reevaluate my own self to say, okay, I need to pull back on certain things too, because there were times that I'm working my Monday through Friday and then my weekends I'm going and then going right back onto my Monday to Friday. There's no time for rest. And anybody who's uh, works for a con or been involved in a con, the cons go throughout the weekend. And if you, especially new con goers, if you're a con goer too, they will go, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to go right back to work on Monday. And then by Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning, you're just like, I don't know. I'm tired. I don't know what I was thinking. And I had to learn, even with cons, I have to take that Monday off as my recovery day. That I'm not doing nothing. I'm just resting because my I need to rest because I've been on my feet 95% of the time at the convention. And I just need to, you know, relax decompress and everything else. And that was something that, you know, it doesn't have to be um, our previous guest, uh, uh, Shuba was talking about. It's like, take that time to rest, but it's also about the action. You can't say, okay, I'm just going to take off and just not do anything, you know, with the pandemic, just not do nothing. It's like, you got to keep yourself active at the same time. And also keep your boundaries. You have to establish your boundaries. So uh, I think it's, a, like I said, an ongoing battle that I haven't perfected, but I'm at a place that I can balance my stuff better. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that that boundaries lesson. That's been so crucial to me. I'm sure uh, many people listening in because there's a million ways to spend an hour right and and where are we going to put that that's 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 the most precious thing to us right mm -hmm. um the flip side of that i think right people talk a lot about self-care these days yeah. and i personally think like yes a lot of self-care is found in rest but also a lot of self-care is found in investing our time into projects that uh that bring us life you know yeah. what i'm saying and so as, as you're sharing about what you just shared about, how you're protecting your energy and, and building your boundaries, the flip side of that that I'd love to hear from you is what's, what's maybe the one thing right now that's bringing you the most life? You know, something you want to do or something you see that's, that, that's a project in motion. What's something that's bringing you a lot of life in terms of, of where you're putting your time? 
Um, well, because of the pandemic, you know, I have had to shift my energy because typically at this time of year, I'm gearing up to start photographing cons, hitting it up. Because February is, I call it the warm up time frame. And then as soon as spring hits, it's like I'm going until November. And because the pandemic last year, all that was a screeching halt. And so then I had to go and say, all right, um, I also have this ability for event planning and also have this connection of always staying engaged within the community, whether it's volunteering and helping with a local orchestra to make it more diversified and supporting the, the kids in there to, you know, work with Japan Fest or things like that. Uh, I had to change, okay, a lot of things are being canceled. How how can we still provide these ways that fans and people can still stay connected? Because at the same time, people are getting Zoom burnout from meetings and everything on there. And how can we revitalize and change things up that people can still enjoy themselves? So, you know, working with some of the cons and helping them virtually like Subsoon and, you know, Dragon Con, even for my own company coming up with virtual options, uh, such as in December, you know, doing for a holiday party that's usually in person, you know, coming up with the idea of doing a virtual concert because people missing during the pandemic, the arts has been keeping people sane. Uh, as much as people have, have uh, taken the arts away from schools and not supporting them, the arts have come and really came to bat um, throughout last year and this year from bringing us entertainment on Netflix and HBO, from the music that we hear and our uh, musical artists and, and creatives such as yourself, Jason, and Alan Z and Shuba, Given us content that we can see on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube that we can still feel connected and getting that music because, like I said, music soothes the soul. So it's like getting that, you know, as much of uh, animosity that was going on, the anger, the disappointment, the sadness, all this was compiling with people and music and art was helping to find avenues for so many people. So I was diving into providing other ways. And of course, now tapping in with Moana with this podcast, bringing in guests that can have a new perspective, introducing people that may not know them uh, to get introduced to new artists that they can hear music through, to see their creativity from indie artists to uh, anime artists to animators, all that in between that so many people while they're, we're still in this situation can get that exposure and get another method outside of just being on social media uh, to get some positive energy from these beautiful and creative avenues. Yeah, that's awesome. Um so like we've brought on, we've had like so many talented uh, creators and guests. I mean, Jason, of course, being one of them. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, so like who has been one of your favorite uh, guests so far? I know it's so hard to choose and I don't mean to slight anybody, but I like, who did you have the most fun um, inter uh, interviewing? Uh, on the podcast. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is a hard one. Um, now, of course, uh, shoot. All right, I'm gonna let everybody who watches. This is not favoritism or anything of the sort. Okay, <laughs> I won't say that much, but I did have a blast, especially with uh, Jason and Alan Z and Bar Fox. Um, I mean, I'm gonna have to pick my top five. So it's like Jason, Alan Z, Shuba, Bar Fox. And uh, Shauna, uh, those five, I, I mean, the energy, the interaction, the knowledge that they were dropping to our audience and even to our, to us, uh, it just brought a whole new level of understanding them, not only as creatives, but also connecting them some more as far as all of the efforts in the things both in the community and outside and within their own creativity that they are keeping us connected and keeping us sane uh, during these, these these crazy times, especially the last four years. <laughs> so like, obviously you're very creative and uh, you work with a lot of very, very talented, creative people. Um, now that can sometimes be a recipe for disaster, right? Let's be real. Uh, yeah. Creative folks can often be very, um, let, let's just say, very focused on their art, right? Uh, so one thing, you know, I know a lot of y'all listeners are also artists. Are, you know, I see Bar Fox in the chat. I see a lot of our, our friends and familiar faces. What are some of the ways that you go about collaborating with others to make sure, you know what I'm saying, that it flows smooth because, uh, you know, you work with so many talented people in different arenas. Mm -hmm. and, and what are a couple tips maybe you could give listeners in terms of, hey, this is how I interface with these people to make sure that everything, you know, runs well, people yeah. feel respected, and so yeah. on. Uh, for me and my different um, avenues that I've worked in, um, it's one of those... Um, it, it is definitely the um, the energy of the room, your your, your mana. Uh, it speaks a lot uh, for me. I uh, Alan Z has heard me talk about you know mana a lot. Uh, anyone who is from Hawaii, that is something that is very uh, connected in in the culture of knowing because energy connects everybody in some form of fashion from the cellular level on on up. And we all have experienced that certain people that you just enter the room and you're just like, this is not going to be a good interaction, whether it's a meeting or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to have to work with somebody on something that is a passion of yours, you want to make sure you have that 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 board that of directors that, you know, you complement each other. They also bring something that you need and they and you also compliment them but at the same time you're not bringing each other down so you know whether it's in photography who I work with when I'm photographing to working on an event um so like 
you know, when I was planning this virtual concert, I'm like, okay, who are the people that will connect? One, I want to diversify this virtual concert for my job. I, the one thing that is not commonly seen for a concert outside of K-pop is AAPIs in a concert that are mm -hmm. in genres that they are not typically considered to be in. So I was like, okay, who are those that I know can bring the energy and bring what my my company's employees are looking for or needing in this time frame? Because in December we had almost been a you know a year working from home, so everybody was kind of exhausted. There weren't the concerts that we were needing, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna hit up Jason Chu. I'm gonna hit up Alan C. I want to hit up Shuba. I'm hitting up Twee. And each of them were bringing a different element. Uh, Jace, um, Alan bringing both the R&B and hip hop aspect. Shuba bringing the pop um, aspect. Twee giving us that R&B and pop sound. And then, of course, here's Jason, you know, closing it up for us and bringing us the hip hop and poetry and everything with that. So everybody got that piece that they needed. Whether you like hip hop, whether you like R&B, whether you like pop, you had someone you can listen to and connect to. And that was something I wanted that one, they get connected to artists that have a great sound because you got people that are crazy talented but can be as just as toxic in energy and personality that it doesn't do any good if you've got someone that is, you know, Beyonce level and you're paying that money out and then everybody's like, I mean, doing like that meme. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it doesn't, that part don't matter. Yes. Um, having names attached to it or that clout doesn't, mean anything if that doesn't have meaning or positive intent Absolutely. behind it. So that's one of the things I look for, whether it's planning an event. And there has been times that I'll, uh, someone will be like, hey, I'd love for you to work on this. And then the people I end up working with, it's like, okay, I can't do too much in this environment because they're, they're at this particular level and they don't want anything beyond it. They're stuck in their box. And for someone like me, I, I can't do anything to help or better it because they're not willing mm -hmm. to step outside the box. So that is a part that we all have to play uh, to understand the people we want to interact. It's not about that clout. It's not that person that's got 150,000 followers or, or more or something. It could be that person that just may only have 5,000 or 100 um, followers but they have that energy, that connection to people. They have that, you know, overall aspect that you need to bring that your event or whatever you're doing to the next level. Yeah, I love that. I feel like what I heard in a lot of what you just said is, you know, you want uh, to bring diversity, but with harmony, right? Yes. Because it, you don't you don't want to just bring in elements that clash, yes. but you want to make sure that everything comes in and it locks together. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is not just tofu, you know what I'm saying? It's not just yes. one thing. You're gonna have a couple different flavors in the mix. Exactly. And, uh, 
and that that's something that that I think about and that I'm you know I'm gonna think about a little more as I think about my artistry because what you said is very powerful to me um, yeah Moana what, what what are you thinking next yeah I totally agree with, with what you know what you said and what she just said it's like for me I'm all about energy too right so I'm super selective with the people that I allow into my space or in my circle because one, we all want to like, it's not like that we're not going to have differences, but mm-hmm. like being a creator and being, you know, like a mover and shaker, it takes a lot of energy in and of itself. Yes. So you definitely want to have people that are going to add to you, like mm-hmm. keep you going, right? Like give you yeah. that, you can, you can kind of vibe off of each other and like inspire, um, Yes. one another so dana i know you're big on the board of director things um yes. who are the people that you feel support motivate and keep you inspired um i you know as you mentioned i you know i i'm strong about making sure you have your boards and i have boards on different levels which we all should have um i learned this from my aunt she was like you have to this board are the are the people that you need uh, I have a board as far as my professional board. This is my people that, and whoever is on your board, I've been always told both by mentors and also by my aunt. She was like, those people have to be at your level or higher or where you want to get, because you can't have people that are way below. And you're the only person at this level, because all that's going to do is bring you down to that level and you're not going to evolve and continue um, becoming a better person. So on a professional level and a corporate sense, I have a board. I have a board that when it comes to uh, social justice and things like that, of people that I know is part of that board that I can have those conversations with, I can team up with because so many people are, you know, they're focused on the term of equality, but it's not really equality we need. We need equity. We need to have, you know, that playing ground that everybody else can benefit off because everybody has been used to the term equality. But if I give this person who's down here the same amount as this person here, they're still not going to get to the level of where we are by giving them the equal amount of stuff. Um, Prime example, think of your COVID money that you got. Everybody got the same across the board, but there's people that was without a job because of the whole pandemic. $600 was not viable for them to live off a year, but we got equally the same amount of money. That wasn't what we needed in that situation. The people that were most affected needed more because they were in a situation that in order to be equal to everyone else who's doing better, they needed more. They didn't need the same amount. And that's where we have to strive for is the people that I constantly hear was like, well, if we go into race relations and things like that, people constantly would say, well, you know, after, you know, African-Americans had it this way. And then you also hear, well, Asian-Americans had this. We all had our own battles. We all had our issues. But at the same time, there were times that most people don't realize we had solidarity, that we came together 
to be able to support each other because we found common grounds that there's some things we had in common. And it's one of those that, yes, you know, African-Americans went through slavery. They, it took them hundreds and hundreds of years to finally get to where they are now. And a lot of other cultures didn't go through it. You know, Native Americans is still not having that respect. And this is their country. And so all of us are at a different level of the playing field right now. So it's that's something that we also have to look at among each other, that we need people that understand and can bring that different level of thinking. So a lot of times, like Moana will say, hey, Dana, you know, what is your thoughts? Look this over. And then I will review it from my point of view and say, okay, let's change this. Because she also knows from where I come from with me being an executive assistant and my background, I can bring a certain element. At the same time, I also know if I'm working on something and it's like, okay, I, you know, we're doing something for Asian Pacific Heritage Month in May. All right, let me connect uh, with Jason and find out additional people we can connect to to take things to another level that we need for that. That's part of that board, the people you can depend on and you can work with and that can bring you up on, uh, on the things you're working on. You can also help them. So cosplay, you know, I have my board there. Photography, I have a board there. Um, a lot of people think it's just one set of people that is helpful for everything. But the people you grew up with are not going to give you the same support you need in building your business because they, they don't have that knowledge base. You may have a sprinkle here and there that may be able to help you, but you can't bring all of them to help you in that element. And then, you know, over here is a whole different element. So some of the people, you may have one or two people that can go across all boards that you have a seat in all of them, but you won't have that with everybody. Yeah, I, I love that. I love how you, um, I mean, first of all, I want to say I love the conversation, the difference between equality and equity. Right. Like, because I think there I think there's equal measures, there's equity and then there's equality. Right. Equal mm -hmm. measures uh, just preserves the same systemic oppression that's already existed. Yeah. Equity is letting people buy into the system and profit off the same system that's profiting off of them. Yeah. And the ultimate goal, right, is a state of equality. Yeah. Um, but you can't act like you here when really we just over here. Mm -hmm. So so I, I love you saying that. And, and I also really appreciated you're, you're talking about how I thought that was a very big key that you dropped right there about, you know, having these boards of advisors. I think of it often as like a like a mental Rolodex, which I know is a very, very old fashioned metaphor. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but you old know school. what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. yeah, we about that. Where, where, where's my uh, you Your know, Google hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I love um, and that is actually something that I think people do not talk about enough in terms of how you get up in this world right because people will because i think a lot of times you go to extremes right people are like yo stay loyal to your day ones yeah um, real not all your day ones are the ones to bring in when you got the new six-figure deal when you got yeah. the new startup the yeah. flip side of that though is if you just keep switching up if you're not loyal if you're not down mm -hmm. then then nobody's gonna rise with you and nobody's yeah. gonna want to lift you up so so i love how 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 you phrased it like you got all your people and they all on deck but they on deck for different things yes and and the awareness of that 
I think mm-hmm. is so crucial. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, so so I know you know like like we've been going a little while. We still got a little while to go, but you know like I love to um, sort of sort of you know like spin it up a little bit make it a little fun like we're all in pandemic we're on the panoramic right now you know and um like what are you binge watching you know what i'm saying what like what's what's popping right now for you 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 got that new ps5 like where, where are you spending your time for uh for just this you know we talking nerd geek culture what, what's the element of the culture that really excites you right now wow um well i definitely don't have the ps5 uh i tell people uh my gaming kind of hit the backseat as I got more into photography and event planning. I st- I'm getting back into gaming. Uh, I got a PS4 and a Wii. And <laughs> so the PS4 going to do what it has to do. But, um, but as far as more into my own geekdom that I spend time with since the pandemic has hit, I have been catching up on a lot of my anime, um, watching different series and things like that. Um, I also, uh, a couple of my friends allow me to drop kick me into the rabbit hole that is called Asian dramas. So I tend to do this thing that I'll spend a little bit of time watching Asian dramas, get a few series into that. And it's like, all right, break anime time. <laughs> and in between that is I, I am a big collector and uh, a supporter of indie comics. Um, I do love my mainstream comics and my characters. I will go and see my MCU, uh, my Marvel Cinema Universe movies and things like that. But as far as on the comic realm of me purchasing, I am going and I'm getting my, you know, my book, Her, from uh, Malachi Bailey. I'm going to get my, you know, uh, Tuskegee Airs with Marcus Williams and Greg Burnham. I, you know, I'm getting my, you know, my different comics like that, you know, of these different artists. Um, because when I go to a con, ever since my very first convention I went to in uh, the first convention I ever went to was in 2014. Yeah, 2014. And uh, it was the first thing I did. I beeline right to Artist Alley. <laughs> and I is like, I didn't go and see the guests and everything. I went straight to Artist Alley. And of course, in 2014, that was the first time I met Marcus Williams. And I was like, Ooh, I like what you're drawing. Can I commission you? Okay, this is what I want. And then, you know, I'm getting commissions from the artists. I'm getting, you know, uh, you know, ooh, let me check this comic out. Okay, uh, I want to buy, you know, all your comics right here. And, uh, you know, it's still something my, my mom doesn't understand. But uh, I, that is, the elements that I, you know, I have, I literally have a special um, shelf of my bookcase with these folders that I have all these uh, posters from these um, indie creators and these artists and things like that, that I've purchased um, commissions that I've reached out and got because they are the ones who made all these things happen. These, um, Yes, there are great extra element, but without these creators, 
those guests would never have had those roles of being that Batman, that Superman and everything, if it wasn't for the Stan Lee, if it wasn't for a Greg Burnham, a Greg Alisi, uh, and uh, a, a Robert, uh, and all these amazing creators, because mm -hmm. if it wasn't for their work, sweat and tears, and their grinding that they made, we would never have seen the light of day of these amazing, amazing stories. So um, I like to collect and get those things from those people because most people know the frontline people, but they don't, they, you know, if you go into a wizard world or somewhere else, they have the artists that are behind the comics yeah. and stuff. And most people walk straight past them. Yes. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, hi, I'm gonna get this. Like, <laughs> Well, MomoCon a few years ago, they brought, they teamed up with Disney and they had the artists and stuff from Disney. And I was like, oh, you're the artist behind Lilo and Stitch. I want you to draw me Lilo. I want you to draw me Stitch. <laughs> and I literally, you know, bought that. I got uh, Aladdin and Jasmine drawn. I got Princess Kiara drawn and all these elements of these people because they're the ones who made it happen. Um, and it's like, yeah, you know, uh, we commonly know that the animators for a lot of these animators don't get paid dilly squat, but you know, if you get a chance to meet them and support them, it's like, Hey, pay that 50, 60, $70, because they're the ones who drew that character that you love and adore. Uh, and, um, the, these conventions are giving them light and giving you a chance to meet them that you normally wouldn't. So that is those are my passions and as far as what i'm watching right now um i just got to the end of season one which i enjoyed uh it's on um crunchyroll it's a series called psychic princess uh, it is a chinese anime uh so all of the um voice actors are from china uh chinese voice actors and the whole um setup is uh uh all taking place in um in china and things like that and i just love the whole storyline for that that one so i just finished watching that uh, i i tend to have several series going at the same time especially the new ones because they release one per week so I like to do this thing of like waiting a few weeks for this anime to at least get about five, six deep so I can watch a little bit of this, go over here, watch a little of this, watch that. And then after I do a couple months of that, I, I go back to my Asian drums. <laughs> so I would say definitely check out if you want a different because most people connect more with they see too often the Japanese dramas, but they are some Chinese animes um, out there. So uh, Psychic Princess is a new one. They just got to the end of season one. Check that one out. I really enjoyed that. It's a whole new twist of uh, the medieval, you know, getting set up for marriage and everything else. But, you know, um, as the title is, the main character is a psychic princess. And uh, she basically takes the person she's married's world upside down because of her abilities and things like that. So it's that, you know, strong main female character uh, that a lot of people enjoy. So I, I definitely enjoy that. And then of course we have the, you know, the big, big ones that are out there like fire force and things like that, that I'm watching. And uh, 
stuff like that. But yeah, that one is definitely, I call it a sleeper that most people may not know about. Check that one out. And then I would say an Odie, um, I want to say Odie, but a goodie that I always like to go back to on Crunchyroll is a series called Skip Beat. Uh, the first season's out there. And the best way to describe it, if you ever had your heart torn out by someone you like and you find and it's because they did you dirty, this particular character does everything you probably thought you wanted to do in getting back at them, but she actually does it. And it's the whole scenario of the Pandora's box just opened uh, <laughs> So amazing. it's called Skippy. Both series are on Crunchyroll. And as far as Asian dramas, um, I will say good ones to definitely check out is there's a series, a Korean drama called uh, Hi Bye Mama. Uh, please have Kleenex stand on standby. It is definitely one about family and things like that um, and about how life is after someone passes on and everything. So it's definitely a good little series out there to check out, um, to watch. And for those that um, definitely watch it, it'll make you appreciate your family uh, if you have that disconnect. Yes, yeah, Skiffy is interesting. I'm waiting for season two, but if you're reading the manga, it goes even further. And the, the steps and things that she is going and doing, it's like, I thought that. I just never wanted, I never did that. And she's doing it. Okay, she's going to choke him. She's going to choke him. <laughs> so it, it's um yeah so those i would give as my recommendations as far as asian dramas checking that one out and as um china um a chinese drama i'll definitely say check out uh meteor garden um check that one out that one is definitely a good one it's on netflix both hi by mama and um uh, meteor garden are both on there they're definitely great to check out of course, Media Garden takes place um, more high school range, um, and it's a, a, a Chinese drama. So for those that's looking for dramas, those are my two recommendations for dramas, two recommendations of stuff I'm watching right now for animes. <laughs> and if you're talking about comics, definitely pick up uh, Tuskegee Airs. Uh, Sorghum and Spear is one, Wildcard Chronicles as a third one. So those are three comics. I'm going to start. And all my other comic people, no shade on any of y'all. I'm just giving three. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Psychic Princess and Skippy definitely sound like something I need to, to catch up on. Um, yes. So one thing I did want to ask, which popped up kind of at the last minute on your bio, which I didn't know about, um, is your voice actor gig. Now, when I, so before you and I have been talking for like a long time, but it had only been on, you know, on Messenger, right? So yeah. when you invited me into the holidays concert and I heard, you know, like the voice, I said, is that Dana? Her voice is amazing. <laughs> like she should, she would be a great voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> so like tell us a little bit about or if you can uh yeah. about the what, what's it called Jaden and Jasmine series that you're going to be on yes um it's funny because I've had people tell me along especially if you call me at work I I call it I have my work voice <laughs> and I have when I'm hanging out with people that I know voice and I'm just in total chill and it's just like that and a lot of people if they call me when I'm at work I'm working they're just like 
So a lot of people have told me, it's like, you have a voice doing, I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. And it ended up being um, the creator behind um, that particular series. Um, it's like a Webtoon series. It's not, it's not on Webtoons. I forgot what platform it's actually on. Uh, was going in uh, in the praise of animating it and was looking for voice actors. So uh, it was posted in one of the groups I follow on Facebook. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll let them know I'm interested. And then they were like, okay, you got to submit your, your demo is basically just you saying your name and where, where you live. And so when I did, I was like, well, here's my voice. This is it. But then this is also how I sound. So I sent them both versions. And then about three weeks later, they hit me up and, <laughs> and I was just like, they were like, okay, we want you to audition. Here's your audition piece. And they gave me a couple different lines to read off and record and send it back in. And I read it off and sent it back in. And I was like, okay, I just did it. I, I recorded it on my phone. I don't have any fancy equipment. Let's see how this goes. And after that, a few weeks later, they came back and said, hey, we'd like to read another part. And I was like, okay, I didn't fit that one. So I'll go ahead and read this other part. So I did that, sent it in. And then a few weeks after that, they reached back out and the um, he was like, okay, well, we're actually going to let you know you're going to be reading for two parts. Uh, the reason why we had you read the other one, because when we heard your demo, we can hear the change you can do in your voice. We wanted you to uh, see how you would sound for another role. So they had me to read for both. And so they, I have been over the last couple months, been recording my different scenes for both roles um, for the particular series. So um, I'm, I'm actually playing two different roles uh, in the series. <laughs> that, as Walter Dean just said, that's awesome. That's that's really dope. Like you know, I think that's why this is so interesting about you is that. You're so open to new experiences and different experiences and you just bring so much joy, you know what I'm saying, to everything you do. Royalty cosplay, we all can't wait to support. This is gonna be a great series. Um, so I know yeah. that we are uh, coming up on time, um, but you know, there's there's definitely, you know, so much more we could talk about. And I know we mm -hmm. will talk about it. It's been really cool to do this little little flip flop, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> next time next time we will interview Moana, that's how it's gonna go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I guess for me personally, uh, before we close out, I'd love to hear, you've been, you've had so many experiences, you've done so many dope projects. What is the one, I would say moment, the one moment, the one most interesting project that, that you feel most proud of? You know, it doesn't have to be the biggest thing, but the yeah. one that made you feel like, hey, this is why I do this. Oh man. Um I have to give uh, two different scenarios. Um, one is um, for the photography side. Um, when I, it was actually my leaders at my current job, who the ones who suggested me considering um, applying to become a con staff photographer. I am not classically trained like a lot of photographers. I learned just me capturing moments. And so I was just like, okay, that is going to be so much out my element. I am not on that level of these professionals and stuff like that. So I, my boss was like, go check out a con. Go check it out. Get a feel. 
and go from there. And I went to Wizard World um, when it was here in Atlanta and got went and I brought my camera. I was just snapping pictures. I was going to Artist Alley taking pictures. The artists and stuff were like, let me see your pictures. Oh, can you send that to me? And I did that. And a few hours into the day, I ended up having one artist come up to me and said, hey, one of the staff members want to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, did I do something wrong? Did I take pictures where I'm not supposed to? And he ended up saying that he found out from the artists and stuff that I was taking these pictures. They love the shots I was taken. Would I be interested in photographing for the convention? I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, what do I have to do? And they were like, okay, you know, um, any of the guests you can't fangirl, all this. And then they were like, all right. Um, and initially I was going to be assigned that day to photograph uh, for the next day. I'm sorry. Uh, which was a Saturday. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I was going to photograph them. But then they got sent back to Hollywood uh, because of change of schedule. Uh, so then they were like, hey, we're going to get a replacement guest coming in. Uh, if Who is willing to take on the guest? Well, nobody was volunteering for it. So I was like, I'll take it. I don't know who it is. I don't know if I'll be what y'all want, but I'll do it since y'all asking me to photograph. So then when I got there on Saturday, they said, okay, Dana, we're going to take you to go meet your guests. And um, so I was like, okay. So they walked me behind this um, to the stage where I was supposed to meet my guests. And they were like, okay, Miss um, Miss Dana Morgan, uh, we'd like to meet, let you meet your guests. Um, this is Mr. Stan Lee. And I'm like, hmm. So deep down inside, I'm trying not to fangirl like they just told me not to. But you're going to give me as my first guest, Stan Lee. And they explained, they said, if we told everybody on the photography staff that we had Stan Lee, everybody would have been fighting over him. So we wanted to see who would take a guest without knowing who it was. So I was back there. And of course, he was just like, hi, you know, I'm Stan. And he was just like, since we got time before I go up on stage, just, you know, anything you ever, you know, anything you want to ask me. I'm like, huh. <laughs> and so, you know, I had a good 15 minutes just to chat with him before he went on stage. And then that whole weekend, I was dedicated to Stan Lee to photograph him that weekend. And of course, um, after his panel, it's like, um, and he started calling me Sunshine. And I was like, first, I didn't know who he's talking to. And his manager was like, he's talking, Mr. Lee's call calling you. I'm like, excuse me. He's like, Sunshine, come here, come here. So then after that, the whole weekend, I was Sunshine. And I was really debating on changing my name. Uh, but <laughs> he was calling me Sunshine. And he was just the sweetest man. And then he was introducing me to people he worked with, including like, you know, uh, the gentleman that he recruited uh, who ended up working on, so, uh, who was a black artist that worked on Silver Surfer, uh, Misty Knight and things like that. I got to get introduced to him and got introduced to some of his other creators. And then, of course, some of his competitors that he is friends with, but have that friends foe relationship with. And it was just this amazing experience and getting to know this great event. And as you can see behind me, uh, before the convention, he was like, Sunshine, come here. We haven't taken a picture together. So he got this picture taken. He printed it out, autographed it, and framed it for me and gave it to me as a gift. 
And so it's like one of my most dear possessions uh, because of that experience. But um, on event planning side, as far as um, a great uh, project, it's just working within the community. Um, I am very tied with my company. Um, they're very big on diversity and inclusion uh, for many, many years. And they have ERGs, uh, which is employee resource groups uh, that work uh, that is for you know uh, pride. We have African-American employee network and so much more. And I'm my boss really encouraged me to be involved with all those. And with that, I, you know, have been connected to uh, the National Association of Asian American Professionals, uh, working with a lot of nonprofits and things like that, and just seeing how we can help and better the community uh, and help those that also need that leg up. Um, we even have a program that we are working with our groups, um, one of our source groups named uh, for Salute that works with things regarding the military. Uh, we work with vet dogs and uh, we actually have a couple, um, one person in our office that actually train animals uh, to become emotional and guide dogs uh, for the military at no cost. And our company has been uh, I've been working with them as we raise money. Uh, we've already sponsored one dog. Uh, her name is Kimberly. And we just finished funding our second dog, whose name is going to be Clark. And we're planning on sponsoring two more dogs. Um, and then find, and they are, um, our location is actually a training site to train these dogs how to uh, perform and act in a corporate environment for whoever they become assigned to. So we literally have them at like uh, they'll come to my desk. They go to meeting rooms and everything. And um, one of the guy who's training them takes them to we take them to Publix. We work with Publix and letting them go to the grocery store, knowing how to get items for someone that cannot do that. Uh, being that support, um, if somebody knowing when they're having a um, an episode for someone that have PTSD. And things like that. So I've really enjoyed on the aspect of the community because we can really see how things, um, how we help others. And then as far as cosplay, it's my very time first cosplaying was my biggest time. Um, I was on the fence on cosplaying for the longest. And then I had people like Bar Fox and Dean's List and stuff was like, do it, do it, do it. You have the look. You can do it. You can do it. And I was like, oh, no, no. And then finally, I was like, fine, I'll do it. And I, my first cosplay was Yodoichi as in her captain form. And I did it at BlurCon 2019. And when I came down, I had to learn how to put contacts in, put contacts in, and put a wig on, and <laughs> these layers, outfits. And I was like. I've always had appreciated cosplayers, but after doing that, I was like, oh, I don't know how y'all do this. This is hot. And I came downstairs and Lily, after I came downstairs, there's this mother and her daughter and the little girl was just so excited. And I was standing beside a cosplayer that stressed a storm. And she's like, can, can I take a play picture? And I was like, okay, she's talking to storm, move out the way. And she's like, no, 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 you, you. And I'm like, me? She's like, yes. And my friend, Nakia, she snapped pictures of the little girl. 
And I said, do you want me to hold you when I take a picture? She drops down. She jumps up in the air. She runs towards me. I pick her up and she's just beaming and she's interacting and talking to me as I'm in this cosplay and taking pictures. And she's asking me all these questions. And then once she, I put her down and everything, I looked at my friends and I'm like, this is why I cosplay now. This is why I cosplay. To see a child react like that and I'm just doing this for the first time and just her seeing my cosplay and stuff. It's like, yeah, this is why I know probably other cosplayers and myself cosplay because, you know, I could easily say, nope, not doing this anymore. This is too hot. But after seeing that experience and going through that, I was like, I'm doing this. And then, you know, I already was working cosplay away. So I was like, they were like, all right, now it's time for you to get in front of the camera in front of the camera now. So yeah, working on projects with them. And yeah, I've been seeing some pictures of myself uh, of showing us in half our ourselves when we work. So you saw half of me as my executive assistant side and the other half as a cosplayer. And they had a documentary that they talked to me and several others to kind of really talk about it. So if you haven't checked out the documentaries, Cosplay Your Way in Color, it's on Freely. Uh, you can go to freely.tv to watch it on channel 109, or you can download the app for free. And it's going, um, I'll definitely share what times it's showing um, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. So y'all can check out. It's an hour long. You can hear all these amazing cosplayers, photographers, videographers, um, builders, and everything that is involved in the project that they interviewed. And you learn more about who they are, what they do, and why they do what they do. Yeah, that's so awesome. Well, we know we have to um, let Jason go in a little bit. You know, he's, yes. he's a hustler too. So yes. we definitely want to respect his time. And thank you mm -hmm. so much, Jason, for being on the show um, and for helping us to get to know Dana a little bit more. Yes, thank you, Jason. <laughs> yeah, Dana, you always, you always dope. I learned a lot from you, Moana. You know, the times we've interacted, you're just such an excellent person. Uh, you know, excited, excited to keep journeying through life with y'all. And you got, one thing I got to say before I bounce, y'all got so much love in the chat. You know, there's so many people out there who listen to you, who love you, who appreciate you. Bar Fox, you dope too. You so dope. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like shout outs to, you know, your community. Because I really see y'all feeding the community. And that's such a beautiful thing to me. Yes, Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And same to you, because you definitely feed the community also. No doubt. Absolutely. To. I learned so much from Jason's, uh, his, his songs and stuff. Yes, sure. definitely. Word. Well, appreciate y'all ladies, you know, have a beautiful, have a beautiful evening. And you know, y'all can all find me at Jason Chu Music, tap in any time. Yes. Yes, yes. Alrighty, take care, Jason. Um, yeah, so thank you, sis, for being on the hot seat tonight and just helping our listeners get to know more about you. This was actually a lot of fun, and we had some folks commenting like, yes, we need to do a flip-flop so we can <laughs> change it up. And I got some some ideas about, like, you know, incorporate some of our guests and expand into their networks yeah. and other creatives, too. So um, it's all love on the Moana Nui podcast. We truly emanate aloha. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just a word for us. It's action. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs>
Absolutely. Alrighty, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in for yet another great week. Uh, episode 33 here on the Moana Nui podcast with our very own Dana Morgan. Thank you, Dana, for your time. As always, for those who are watching, please be sure to check us out on YouTube, on Twitch. We see a bunch of folks tuning in on Twitch, um, as well as on Facebook. You can also visit us at moananuipodcast.com. And we have our Kickstarter for season two launching on March 9th. So we'll definitely look forward to your support. Um, to help us bring more amazing content like this. So if you like what you see, if you like what, what we're doing, please, please, please support us um, when our Kickstarter launches next month. Yes. So with that said, I am going to say good night to all of you. Thank you once again for tuning in. I hope everyone is safe and healthy with your families. Continue to do you know everything you can to... Uh, maintain your health. I hope you're, you know, you have a um, a creative outlet or you know something that helps you bring energy in this in this challenging time. Thank yeah. you guys, and definitely also follow the Moana Nui podcast. For those that aren't on Facebook, please go to Moana Nui podcast on Facebook, on YouTube, Twitch, uh, and um, also if you want to follow me. My photography is Danica Vince, as you see on the screen, on both Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And my cosplay is Danique Cosplay, uh, both on Instagram and Facebook. All righty, guys. Definitely follow Dana and all the wonderful things that she is doing. We are so grateful to have her as part of the podcast. So on behalf of the two of us, once again, take care and good night.